0: It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McPadden, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, and Bill. And Welcome to this episode of the Industry Insider Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bill Petrie, and we'll get to the other co-hosts of this fine, fine, platinum-level broadcast in just a few seconds. But first, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, the good, good people at Bay State Specialty. You know, they have a vast array of products. But they really are your to go resource for healthcare and kitchen products. And anybody who knows anything about the promotional products industry, so many of the products that are sold are kept either in the kitchen or used for healthcare. They offer full color imprint on many of the products, and they have a new quarterly incredible savings flyer out right now, and it goes right through June. And the products on the flyers this is what I love about it the products on the flyers are always, always priced lower than EQP. And that's a deal, frankly. Nobody can pass up. So go ahead and go to BayState.com. Look at that flyer. Again, these are products lower than EQP, which is pretty exciting to me. What else is exciting is we are recording again, the Industry Insider. I mentioned we have uh, our co-host. We have Jeff Franklin, our National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, representing the supplier part of this podcast. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing great, Bill. I mean, listen, the weather's starting to turn a little bit. Excited about
1: uh, finally being able to take my two little girls out to the zoo and the park and all that good stuff, man. Really excited that the, uh, the weather's starting to turn. And, uh, you know, hey, that's always good for
0: the business, too, right? Absolutely. Spring fever has hit. And another person on this podcast is Stephen McFadden, who's president of Perfect Promotions and More. He kind of sits in that dis- uh, distributor seat. Stephen, how are you doing? Doing great.
2: We too are coming out of second winter, and hopefully we have good signs of spring here. But doing doing awesome,
0: awesome, awesome. Well, and my name is uh, Bill Petrie. I'm president of Promo Corner, and I kind of represent the uh, non-committal uh, <laughs> service provider of the industry. But if you remember the first few podcasts we did, um, I implored uh, women to come and ask to be here to join us here on the podcast i felt like that was something that was missing from a lot of the industry discussions and lo and behold we actually have someone dumb enough to agree to do this which (laughs) makes me very happy and that laugh you just heard was the one and only meg erber who's it hey so she's an outside sales manager for SNS Activewear, and she's going to be occupying that fourth chair for the next five episodes or so. And we're real excited to have her. Meg, how are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get rolling.
3: Hi, sounds good. Bell, thanks for having me. Um, so I've been in this industry, man. I'm going on 14 years. You guys probably know me from my days over at Jetline, if not from SNS Activewear. I've been on all sides of this industry, which brings. Just a great variety to my job now, and uh, I love it. And in my spare time, I do jiu-jitsu and MMA. I think you guys all know that, though.
0: I I think we all do know that. I think we're all (laughs) actually very scared, uh, quite (laughs) frankly. Um, No, we do know you from that. And and honestly, it's really, really great uh, that we're doing this. So. All right, so we have, we as we always do, we have one topic. Everybody knows what the topic is going into the uh, discussion. I'll kind of play traffic cop a little bit. So the topic du jour is made in the USA. Is it important? Why is it important? Why don't we go ahead and start with Meg since she is brand new. Let's haze her a little bit. Meg, <laughs> is made in the USA important? And if so, why is it important? Why should anybody care about that?
3: Well there's just so much surrounding this this topic lately and I want to try to keep it on a positive level but you know with that being said there are turnkey products available that have been imported from other countries and oops I apologize and products that are also um, have been brought here you know for the steel or um, just a lot of the stuff and with that being said you know, if you go on ASI or any look at the Global Ad Impressions or any website, that we have customers that are constantly looking for USA-made products. You know, unions, um, union-based, anyone that's trying to stay and keep the uh, the jobs here and keep the factories uh, turning those products over. So, yeah. Um, okay. Sorry,
0: Bill. Good. No, don't be. There's nothing <laughs> to be nervous. sorry about. There's nothing to be nervous about. That's a great answer. Now, Jeff, you're a supplier also, and – Correct me if I'm wrong, but your company name is Headwear USA. That, so, is,
1: that is correct, yeah. Headwear yeah, USA.
0: Yeah, I can read. It's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> so what's your take on this? I would assume you see a ton of value in made-in-the-USA products. Uh, well, you would think that by the title of the company
1: that we would actually be doing a lot of headwear made-in-the-USA, but we do zero headwear made-in-the-USA, actually. Um so funny story hit USA or Hidware in general is actually a uh, it's a global company. So we have 15 locations across the globe. So we're the ones that are in the United States. Uh, we also have Canada, UK, so on and so forth, uh, founded in Australia. So as far as Hidware or you know, USA made products, I, I do think it's important. But um, honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to take the, uh, the the opposing approach and just talk to the side of you know the conversation where i i don't necessarily think it's quite as important as what's added here
0: in the states mm-hmm. um it's, that's a good point and, and a good one, point. and one and i think one of the things people fail to realize especially when it comes to apparel and in in hats and headwear we just simply don't have the cut and sew facilities in this country anymore there's just not a lot of them um and so i think that factors into it steven on the distributor side tell us your take on our do you have clients that are coming at you saying, I have to have Made in the USA products? I know a lot of distributors, if they're working in union sh- uh, with unions, they're going to have to have not only Made in America products, but uh, they're going to have to have uh, the union bug with it. What about where you, what you're hearing? You're in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tell us what your perspective is on this.
2: I mean, I think a lot of the Made in the USA has been overemphasized, um, especially with maybe it's just our clientele. But we maybe one out of every 100 orders we have a request for something made in the USA and then once we compare those items with other items you know the cost just doesn't doesn't make it so that a client can do that project you know we mm-hmm. we usually tend to spin it and tell people hey you know even though the product itself isn't made in the USA it doesn't mean it's not providing jobs in the USA exactly and yeah. we you know we'll we'll then explain to them you know just because the the product is, you know, decorate you know, is is made blank overseas a lot of times. The decoration's still here. There's still operators here. There's production people, salespeople, there's a whole team of people that we're still employing in the United States. So a lot of times we can do a workaround and, and get them off the made in the USA uh, requirement
0: on a project. Yeah, I think the technical term the government uses is embellished here in the United States. Mm. So there's a certain I forget the weird, wacky government percentage, um, you know, but that that's an argument. Anybody, and, and I know at some point we're going to talk about lead in Promotional Products Workweek, not on this podcast, but I mean, that's something that we've had conversations with our, our uh, legislators about is, hey, you know, the product may be made in China or Bangladesh or Mexico or Thailand or wherever, but it really takes on a whole new personality when it's decorated, and that happens here. doesn't generally happen overseas do you guys disagree with that agree with that
3: no I definitely agree with that and and another part of it is the expense that goes into it I'm like going off of Steve's there's a higher expense printing and manufacturing and everything here in the USA because we have higher safety standards Um, but with those higher safety standards it does provide a peace of mind it also reflects positively on you and your clients reputations Um, not that going overseas doesn't we have a lot of those requests too and you know, some of our vendors um, specifically cater to those USA-made. And I apologize if you guys keep hearing that; I, it's a constant thing that goes off on my computer. Um, Don't worry about I've it. We it like
0: we <laughs> like the soft hum of the computer fan. I think it, it makes <laughs> us feel all nice and cozy. It's like white noise. Yeah, white noise.
3: Yeah. Uh, um, So with our apparel vendors that we do work with uh, Bayside obviously who do manufacture the products but then uh, other other vendors of ours like Bella and Next Level and um, even American Apparel have uh, products that are fully made here in the USA and we just brought on another sock company and everything is made in the USA but for those customers who are trying to get that USA made feel they're like hey we grew the cotton here we did this we did that we everything except it was assembled in Honduras but everything else USA made so we, we try to get away around that.
0: Hey that. Meg let me let me ask you this because you do offer us such a wide category you know so, so many different product lines and so many different brands and you do have some that are specifically um, focused here you know uh, cut and zone in the United States so on and so forth are you seeing any sort of increased demand for Made in the USA let's say over the past 12 months?
3: yes and no i mean obviously with the maga hats there you know we had a bunch of requests for stuff like that i do have a particular client who only does usa made and union made so i'm constantly checking around for stock and and which is always a a big issue is trying to find the inventory um so it's nice to have uh, other options comparable products from the more of the fashion brands like bella and next level and American Apparel, because mm-hmm. we can, you know, source it. But yeah, we do, I am seeing a little bit of an uptake, but for the one customer especially, they deal with a lot of unions, and I get a lot of requests for them every day, actually, every day. And they're big orders, they're not small orders.
0: Right, right, and that's, I think that's important to hear. Jeff Franklin, um, how many times a week do you have to explain to people that Headwear USA, just like you explained at the beginning of this podcast of how you know this company was built? Because I'll be honest with you, I've been in the industry almost uh, 87 years now and I actually had no idea um, that that's how the, the headwear group, for lack of a better term, was assembled. How, how often is just the way you guys are named confusing to distributors?
1: Well, Bill, since you've been in the industry for 87 years now, I just need <laughs> to get your, uh, your age regimen because I uh, clearly um, need to take advantage of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you you look way too good for eighty-seven, sir. Oh, thank um, you, I appreciate that. Absolutely. So no, we we uh, we do definitely have to explain it a lot when we're at trade shows. Um, but you know, I think that's just because there's not a whole lot of global companies out there, especially here in the states, as far as the suppliers go. Most people, uh, sure they they manufacture their product in you know China or another country, but. Uh, you know, their, their presence for their company itself is just here in the States, or, you know, you might have a couple that, you know, might have one in the UK and one here, mm-hmm. um, you know, but they operate under the same, you know, the same name or the, the exact same company. Whereas, you know, head where we have 15 locations that are sort of, uh, operated individually, uh, but under the same umbrella, it's not like a franchise. We do operate, you know, together, but it's, it's they're independent businesses, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. uh, we do have to explain it quite a bit. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I, I get it. I guess, you know, it's important for some people, I mean, that there is USA-made product out there, and that's why, the, the you know, the question would come up. Um, but I, I just don't understand, especially like Meg just mentioned with unions and things like that. What is the, the real reason for having to have a USA-made product? Because I don't get um, the real demand for it. Uh, or I don't understand the real demand behind it because, like I said, I personally feel like there's so many jobs and so much value that's Mm -hmm. added to the product after the fact uh, that it shouldn't really matter where the product's made. There's still thousands upon thousands of jobs that are being supported and so much value being added to the product after the fact. Uh, why Why does it matter that it's made in the USA or
2: China or Bangladesh or Mexico?
0: Stephen, what do you think about that? Why don't you answer that question?
2: Yeah, um, I, I think the general fear is that th- their small order or large order whatever it is, they feel like if if it's a made in the USA product, they're they're helping to provide a job as opposed to take away a job. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of it's just they don't understand that that's not you know what we're set up for. I think we already talked about, you know, we don't have the cut so facilities. I was looking at, you know, our our largest um, exports and imports and what factories do. USA is good at oil, aircrafts, automotive, pharmaceutical, heavy machineries. Nof- nothing in there says custom drinkware or, you know, uh, sewn T-shirts or, you know, that's just not what we're set up for um, so, to try to. But a lot of that's just in lack of knowledge, I think, or, or lack of understanding about, you know, just because you're ordering, you know, your thousand pens or your thousand shirts and it comes from another country, um, you didn't take away a job that existed. It didn't exist to begin with. Like we don't have those factories. It's not like we're, you, you know, your 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 company is now a part of the problem. It's just it's the problem exists because of the cost of labor, the legislation, all the stuff that goes into it that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know. So just educating them on yeah, you you know you can still help by placing your order because these are the people in the United States that are doing the embellishments that are, you know, that are still employed by your order. So. I don't know. There great is, there, there is a general points. fear, but not necessarily
0: valid fear. <laughs> so. Yeah, and maybe maybe that, I think you made, like Meg just said, you made some really great points, McFadden. Well done. First well time. Well done. For, yeah, there's a <laughs> first, first time, time for, for everything. everything. Yeah, so <laughs> as, as my dad used to say, even a blind squirrel finds the occasional acorn, so congratulations on thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I think the big <laughs> thing is maybe it's education. Maybe it's educating the end user customer that even though the product may come from overseas, it is embellished, it is decorated, it, you know, and it here in the United States. And that is where the customization is added. That's where the product becomes a marketing tool. It ceases to become, and that's the way I always look at this. Mm. When we buy something from overseas, that's a product. When we decorate it, when we package it, when we kit it, when we deliver it, we create an experience, and that's when it becomes a marketing vehicle. And I think if we maybe start explaining it that way in um, positioning it, um, I think you can really not. I don't want to say get around the made in the USA thing, but I mean, let's face it. It's 2019. We're really in a global economy, mm-hmm. and we're all relying on each other. And to me, it's it's uh, it's a little bit myopic to say, man, I only want to buy st- I only want to buy things from Laos. I'm huge, a fan of, of the Laotian people, and, and that's all I'm buying. If you relied on that, you would not have a lot of things. And, and I, I think you really need to explain, hey, it's a global economy, and we're all kind of relying on each other. What do you think about that, Meg?
3: No, I have to agree. I you know We were actually just talking about this the other day. I was driving past a uh, set of construction workers on the highway. Please, nobody stone me after saying this. But I am on the road all the time, and I feel like one to two percent of the time I actually see them working, and it's super frustrating when you're sitting in ridiculous amounts of traffic. <laughs> well, you also, just... Phil- you also
0: live in you also live in Philadelphia, and you got to remember there is a mandated four-hour union break for every five minutes of work. So I let's know. be I know. clear on
3: that. I know, and it's it is it's it's very frustrating. With that being said, and and you know, unions demand a lot. They they have high wages, and they and they um they. If, you, if you're if you a business and you don't choose that union, they protest and there's a lot going on and a lot of controversy and a lot of drama uh, revolving around labor unions. So, you know, the cost of producing a t-shirt, just a basic t-shirt, um, is quadrupled to, to making it here in the US and, and mm-hmm. people don't wanna pay that extra price, that premium price for a basic t-shirt. It's yeah, you bring sell. up
0: you bring up a great point. People I mean, I'm all about buying American until I got to pay twice as much and exactly. you know what? Everywhere else is just fine. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. And that's a big point I try to drive across too when we're selling t-shirts, not just USA made, but you know, if you want that cheap basic t-shirt, and that's what you're going to get, you know, end of the end of the day, that's what you're going to get and that's what your customer is going to get. So if they if that's what you want them to wear and that's the that is the message you're trying to um, get across to your, you know, the target audience, then that's what you're going to, to give them. So when you are buying the USA Made shirts, that also is a message that you're sending out. So right. it could be the message not only, um, you know, what you're trying to do is provide jobs. Obviously, the message that Stephen was trying to get across is that you are still providing jobs. There still our salespeople. There still are production facilities, people that are printing. Um, when I was at Jetline, I actually ran production for about nine months. And I can tell you, those people all had homes they all had families they all had children and they were there they were happy to be there they were happy to have a job so those products were not usa made but you were still providing usa jobs so i
0: think what i'm hearing from everybody is is made in the usa is important when it's really driven by the end user when they have to have it um, you know depending on who they are they have to have it um and it's it might. Does everybody agree with that? Is that kind of where we've arrived at this topic? Oh yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I would. I would add one more thing too. The 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 trade shows. A lot of the trade show locations. You know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this. Trying to set up something. You know, in a union town. You know, that's going to suck a lot of your marketing budget you have because it's so much more expensive because you can't set up your own. You know, your own booths and your own space. You know, I've heard s- stories from. You know, the, the Orlando show and you know PPI East and things like that some of the suppliers are saying you know it's so expensive to set up because of the, the union fees. So on the flip side for a client who has a certain amount of marketing dollar to spend on a product, um, if they're going to these locations and they have to spend a crazy amount of money just to even get there, they have less money to spend on product which you know in turn is you know if you follow the cycle will lower you know that alone can affect the amount of money that can be spent. You know, for U.S. jobs and things like that. So I, I don't know. I think there's a reverse uh, impact on on some of that.
0: Awesome, Jeff. you have anything you want to add?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's just another
1: interesting uh, perspective that uh, I, I've heard. I've heard somebody tell this story. I don't remember who it was, so I apologize. But if you're listening, please reach out, comment, whatever. But uh, somebody was mentioning that I believe it was Bic actually has a production facility in Florida, and. Uh, it was actually when we were at Leeds last year somebody was bringing this, uh, this story up. Um, so because of, because of the actual ink cartridge itself is made in Mexico, they went to a factory tour in at BIC in Florida and the actual pens that they were printing, or the pens that they were making, the barrels and everything else, all the other components to the pen, uh, along with the print, uh, it, it, they were stamping made in Mexico. Right here in the United States, because the major component, which is the ink cartridge, is actually the what was being manufactured in Mexico. So it's, it's weird. So even though it's stamped made in Mexico, the product is still, you know, made and assembled and everything else here in the United States. So that's just another interesting perspective that I uh, sort of remembered. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, when, when you're talking about, uh, Stephen and Megan uh, Megan both mentioned, um, you know, we don't really have the cut-and-sew facilities anymore, and, you know, if you're talking about apparel or hats, um, you know, but in the cases where there are, because there are obviously some, uh, you know, some factories out there here in the United States that are manufacturing this stuff, but a lot of times because the demand is so much lower for that stuff, there's less jobs. Uh, you know, that are behind those things. So when you're, uh, when you're importing the product and then adding value here, there's actually more jobs that you're impacting by buying those products as opposed to buying the stuff that's made here in the States because they're doing it
0: all right here. They're manufacturing the product and doing the imprinting, and there's less of them. Right. And I think it's Jonathan Isaacson who once said, you know, we, we, a lot of us lament, wow, things aren't made in the USA anymore, and it's a travesty, and it's awful, and so on and so forth. And the way he tells the story, he says, close your eyes. And I want you to picture a factory. I want you to picture how dirty it is, how uh, possibly it's unsafe, Possibly possibly it's, it's just not a great place to be. Now I want you to imagine your children working in that factory. And that generally jolts people into a little dose of reality, that if you've ever been to a true factory where, whether it's apparel, headwear, koozies drinkware it doesn't really matter where all that's produced generally not great places you'd really want to be um you know with and i mean that not they're not all horrible i'm just saying it's not generally not when we raise children we want we have visions of them working in a factory and i think that's one of the reasons we struggle with we don't have a lot of made in the usa products anymore We've turned it, we've kind of turned into a society where we've placed a, a premium on, on higher education. I could argue against that easily, but that's for a different podcast uh, about the value of that type of an education. But we, we just don't, you know. We have a society where we, we, we assume anybody who wears a white collar is successful, and that the, uh, the guy, the Finnish carpenter down the street, is is not the brightest bulb on the tree. Meanwhile, they make a, a ton of money. Uh, very highly skilled and highly intelligent people do those jobs, and and I think a part of it is kind of the mindset we have in our own uh, uh, our own country about made in the USA. We want it, but we really don't want it.
2: Yeah, Bill, yeah. and I think that's where a lot of the fear from a client's perspective comes from. Is that's that's the image they have in their head, and to their point, is they don't want to support it. You know they're they're thinking they don't want to buy from a factory that's supporting that type of labor um but you know which it may not all be like that but that that
0: is they're some not of the, you know well th- but it's a stereotype right and sure. there's always a little sure. truth to that i mean look anytime there's an expose on on a certain swoosh made shoe overseas um it's always you, you hear about child labor and unsafe and sure. it's horrible yeah. but i've been to a ton of factories and some are dirty factories and some are clean and pristine and they're everywhere in between and I will tell you, the again, we're talking about stereotypes versus reality. The reality is they are actually some of the better places to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to, um, for, I'll, give, I'll give Snugs a shout out. The factory they have in Utah is amazing. And you talk about happy people. Meg mentioned earlier when she was running production for nine months at Jetline, happy people. So these are good, desirable jobs too. Um, but it's just we have this weird stereotype against it.
3: Yeah. Uh, one other thing I will mention about USA Made and, and with the jobs leaving or when they had, when I used to live down in North Carolina, uh, Steve, I'm sure you can uh, attest to this. As you're driving down 95, I'm sorry, 85, you see all these abandoned textile factories that have just mm. left over the years and it's just abandoned space. Uh, has anything come of that, Steve, over the last couple of years? I've been gone.
2: You, you you're 10. referring like heading towards Charlotte, I'm assuming yeah. down towards yeah. uh, the Jetline facility down in South yeah. Carolina. There, yeah. yeah, no, there's a lot of lot of empty space down there. A lot of a lot of those buildings have been either re- replaced by different industrial, uh, or excuse me, non-industrial like but uh, like apartment style buildings or complexes or um, shopping centers. Well, it's being centers reused. And stuff. The space it is, is being reused. and it then is, that's okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah.
3: Watching something just sitting there abandoned hurts my soul.
2: It does, yeah. (laughs) But those jobs are obviously going to different types of industries,
0: you know, because they're probably too expensive. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're just about out of time, but I think we've really actually had some really interesting and good conversation on this. I would love to hear what our listeners think of what we talked about is made in the USA important why is it important how do we communicate the fact that even if the products are made elsewhere that they are embellished and actually you really create the promotional product experience here in the United States i'd really love to hear from some other people one pe- one group you think i think you should hear from are again the good people at base state who sponsor this podcast they have great um, quarterly product flyers right now they're an incredible savings flyer focused on healthcare and kitchen products go over to basestate.com you will not be sorry you did. All the prices on those flyers are lower than EQP. Not higher, lower than EQP. So go ahead and visit Baystate.com. It won't be sorry you did. Jeff, Stephen, and Meg, what fun. I look forward to doing this again. Thanks all, everybody. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah, definitely. Good thanks for having us.